Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy Friday, faithful listener. This is Jen here. And thanks for tuning into the Bible Explained podcast this morning to read the Bible with me and to share a cup of coffee with me. And we're going to be reading Deuteronomy 7 verses 12 through 26 today. And uh, excuse my voice. I have um, hiccups <laughs> and they've been going on for like an hour now. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I have to record an, a podcast episode. So excuse my voice because I've been coughing and hiccuping now for uh, the past hour. But hopefully it won't be too distracting and I can uh, get my way through this podcast today. But let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 7 once again, 12 through 26. And I'll be reading at the WEB as I always do. It shall happen because you listen to these ordinances and keep and do them that Yahweh your God will keep with you the covenant and the loving kindness which he swore to your fathers. He will love you, bless you, and multiply you. He will also bless the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground, your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your livestock and the young of your flock in the land which he swore to your fathers to give you. You will be blessed above all peoples. There won't be a male or a female barren among you or among your livestock. Yahweh will take away from you all sickness and he will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you know, on you, but will lay them on all those who hate you. You shall consume all the peoples whom Yahweh your God shall deliver to you. Your eye shall not pity them. You shall not serve their gods, for that would be a snare to you. If you say in your heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? You shall not be afraid of them. You shall remember well what Yahweh your God did to Pharaoh and to all of Egypt. The great trials which your eyes saw, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hands and the outstretched arm by which Yahweh your God brought you out. So shall Yahweh your God do to all peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, Yahweh your God will send the hornet among them until those who are left and hide themselves perish before you. You shall not be scared of them, for Yahweh your God is among you, a great and awesome God. Yahweh your God will cast out those nations before you little by little. You may not consume them at once, lest the animals of the field increase on you. But Yahweh your God will deliver them up before you, and will confuse them with great confusion, until they are destroyed. He will deliver their kings into your hand, and you shall make their name perish from under the sky. No one will be able to stand before you until you have destroyed them. You shall burn the engraved images of their gods with fire. You shall not covet the silver or the gold that is on them, nor take it for yourself, lest you be snared in it, for it is an abomination to Yahweh your God. You shall not bring an abomination into your house and become a devoted thing like it. You shall utterly detest it. You shall utterly abhor it, for it is a devoted thing. All right, so the people are about to take the land, right? And they are... Probably very scared, I would guess, because there are very great people that live in the land of Canaan, which they are about to go over and take. And the people who live in Canaan, we know, are tall and large people. In other words, they were giants. They were a nation of very big people. And so the Israelites initially did not go into the promised land because they were so scared of these giants that lived in there that that's why they ended up wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years 
because of that rebellion that they had against God. When God said to them, like, look, you're going to be able to go into the land. You're going to be able to drive the people out. You're going to be able to dispossess them because they are wicked people. And I'm giving you victory today. But the people are like, no way. No, we, we don't believe that. We're not going to go into the promised land. We definitely can't defeat these people. So God's like, okay, then. You get what you wish for and you're going to wander around the wilderness for 40 years until your children grow up and they are allowed to go and dispossess the land. So now the children have grown up, obviously, and Moses is now speaking to them. Moses is basically at this point is getting very, very close to dying. Moses already knows this. He's very old and uh, he already knows how he's going to die because God already told him. So really, it's no secret. So he's giving these instructions to the Israelite children before he dies. And he's telling them what to do. And he's giving them a lot of, honestly, prophecy. Much of this is like, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And we see later on that everything Moses said that was going to happen if the people do it ends up happening because the people do do it and they don't listen to Moses. But starting here in verse 12, Moses says, Listen to these ordinances and keep and do them. And Yahweh, your God, will keep with you the covenant and the loving kindness which he swore to your fathers. So basically, if the people choose to follow God's laws, God in return is going to bless them abundantly. Like, I mean, look at these blessings that they were going to get. He's going to love you, bless you and multiply you. He's going to bless the fruit of your body. In other words, there's not going to be anybody in the land who is unable to have children, like everyone's going to be able to have kids. And then he's also going to bless the grain and the new wine and the oil. So in other words, all the crops are going to come in abundantly. They're not going to have any empty stomachs. There's not going to be anybody hungry. There's not going to be anybody sick is what it says in verse 15. Yahweh will take away from you all sickness and he will put none of the evil diseases on you. Rather, all that stuff is going to be put on the people who hate the Israelites. So the sicknesses and, and all these diseases that are in the world, the Israelites wouldn't experience that stuff if they followed God's laws. If they didn't follow God's laws, all these things would be taken away from them. Now, one thing I really want to talk about is why we don't really experience this nowadays. And maybe in certain circumstances we do. I mean, I know God has definitely healed people of very serious diseases, and I know that God sometimes blesses people monetarily, but we don't see this like across the board. The same way that God would say that he was going to bless the entire nation of Israel back in these days. We just we don't see it the same way anymore. It's more individual than it is like across the board. So I want to chat about that a little bit today. Once again, we got to look at this in the lens of the Old and New Testament. God has just blessed us very differently now than he was going to bless the Israelites back in these days. First and foremost, the Israelites had to follow God's commandments and laws in order for them to get the blessings that God promised them. And that just didn't happen. (laughs) They were very, very bad at following God's laws. And yes, God did bless them for a very long period of time. And I, I believe still continues to bless the Israelite people. But because they were so bad at following and keeping God's laws, really none of this ended up happening. We don't end up seeing a lot of people that are cured of diseases As we move forward into the Old Testament, we see the Israelites experiencing quite a lot of diseases, quite a lot of war, quite a lot of problems 
because they did not follow God's laws at all. So this blessing across the board, honestly, never really ended up happening because the people were so bad at keeping up their end of the bargain. And also, I just think that God blesses us Christians now very differently. This is why I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. I do not believe that uh, God just blesses people if they choose to follow him, like rewards them or, you know, gives them money in <laughs> to like, you know, become a Christ follower. I don't think God needs to buy our affection. And that is why I don't believe in the prosperity gospel. Because to me, like, okay, if I have an Instagram account, right, which I don't, <laughs> but if I have an Instagram account and I want followers, typically you purchase those followers, right? You you buy something, you buy an advertisement, but God doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need to pay us to follow him. And you might ask like, Jen, then why did he promise this back in the Old Testament to begin with? Well, I believe that it's because of the other nations surrounding Israel. And I've said that multiple times. I don't really think that this was very much about the Israelites as much as it was about the surrounding nations being pulled in to God's words and God's laws. Because culturally, people were very different at this time period. This was the ancient days when food was very hard to come by, when shelter was hard to come by, when fire was probably hard to come by. This was a very different time period than what we're living in right now with all of our modern conveniences. We're very wealthy overall as compared to the people in the ancient days. So when God blesses the Israelite people with wealth and health and monetary stuff and the other nations aren't getting blessed that way and they're instead getting diseases put on them and they're getting this and that put on them and they're struggling to find their next meal, that's when they're going to look at the Israelite nation and be like, what are they doing differently? What is this nation here doing that is causing them to have so much blessing because these little g gods that we're worshiping right now ain't doing much for us but this god that the israelites are worshiping seems to really be blessing them so it culturally it was just so different back in those days and this was at a time period also when gods were very very popular and in the norm for people to worship so you got to look at it that way also. I don't believe that this is God, you know, rewarding his people so much for following him as it is about spreading the gospel the way that it was the best way to spread the gospel back in those days. But now if you look at it, the New Testament, we don't necessarily get blessed by monetary blessings anymore the way God said that he would do it in the Old Testament. Instead, God blesses us very differently. Us Christians nowadays, he blesses us with something else. Rather than, uh, you know, possessions, he blesses us with joy, happiness, peace, all this spiritual stuff that other people just don't have. And yet look at what everybody nowadays is craving. Every person nowadays is craving joy. They're craving happiness. They're craving satisfaction. They're craving uh, all this, th these emotional things. And that is what God promised to bless us with, us Christians, when we choose to follow him. So the times are just so different. People nowadays aren't necessarily, in most cases, 
wondering where their next meal is going to come from, especially if you live in the Western world. And even if you are wondering where your next meal is coming from, there's probably something in place, especially in America, for you to be able to get that next meal if you go uh, through the proper channels to find that next meal. So culturally, things are just very, very different because we're not in need as much as these people in the ancient days were. And also, we don't worship idols like little graven images as much as people in the ancient days did. So because now God blesses us with happiness and joy and satisfaction in life, this shows everybody else around us that we can have joy regardless of our circumstances. So the Christian now looks very different from a person who is non-Christian and does not believe in God. The non-Christian is searching for joy through avenues where they can literally never attain it. But the Christian has been given and blessed with so much joy that this non-Christian, if the Christian is living the right way, the non-Christian is going to look at the Christian and be like, what is this person doing differently that they have the joy that I crave so much and that I can't find in my identity and I can't find in my career and I can't find in other people. Why is this Christian over here who maybe has less than I do? Why are they so happy? And so that's what I think the difference is. And that is the main reason why I do not believe in the prosperity gospel. And I do think that the prosperity gospel can be extremely dangerous, though once again, I do think that there are occasions where God does bless us with possessions and he blesses us with health and uh, wellness and, you know, children. Don't get me wrong. I do believe that God can and does often bless us with those things. But the blessings now that we have been promised are just so different and they're more on the spiritual side of things than on the physical side of things. So I wanted to kind of clear that up and I hope that made some sense to you guys as to uh, why I do believe that the Old Testament and the New Testament are different when it comes to the blessings God gives us. So after this, in verse 20, God says that he is going to slowly help the Israelites drive out the people that live in the land of Canaan, that live in the promised land. And the Israelites are probably like, well, why can't God just, you know, push them all out now? Why do we have to do anything? <laughs> but God doesn't work that way. Often he has us do something. You'll see that many times, even though God can do whatever he wants, he has a man or a woman do it with him and for him sometimes. And that's because he is giving us some amount of ownership. He is giving us um, responsibility and teaching us in a way not to be lazy and just, you know, let God take care of every single problem that comes our way. But God does say here that, yes, I'm not going to drive them out completely all at once, but little by little is what verse 22 says. And he says, the reason I'm going to do this is because the animals of the field might increase on you. Once again, another problem that here in America, we don't really experience. We don't have a ton of dangerous animals. We do have bears. I actually, I live in the middle of bear country. I'm just waiting to see a bear walking through my backyard. I've been like looking for it. <laughs> I'm, t I'm telling you, I'm excited to see that bear. I'm going to be excited and terrified at the same time. But uh, we don't really have that problem too much here in America with wild animals like uh, overtaking us, I guess. But back in these days, 
if God had driven out all the people all at once, God says that those wild animals would have increased so much that it would have became a problem for the Israelite people. So that is why God was going to help the Israelites to drive out the Canaanites little by little. So he's going to do it until they are utterly destroyed little by little. So then he says he's going to deliver the kings into their hands and he's going to make their name perish from under the sky. These kings, we don't know who these kings are. Their names literally have perished from under the sky. Like we don't know who they are. But uh, back in those days, I'm going to guess the people thought these kings were very fierce, very great kings, but now their names have totally been erased. So then in verse 25, burn the engraved images. This is how Moses ends all of this. He says, burn them. Don't covet any of the precious jewels or the gold or the silver or anything else that is on these graven images. Burn the entire thing in fire. Because even if you take the gold off for yourself, even that can become a snare for you. A snare is a trap, right? So, I mean, God has said this several times that if the Israelites even begin to appreciate these idols made of gold and silver and stones and whatever else, then that can become a snare to them when they start to appreciate those things. So God says, just remove yourself from them completely. Don't take the gold off of them. Don't take the silver off of them. Remove them completely. Detest them is what God says. You are to utterly attest them. You shall utterly abhor them. I mean, detest and abhor are very, very strong words that we don't often use anymore. But this like is chalked up to the idea of like hating something so much to the point that it makes you sick to look at it or think about it. You know what? I realize I, I don't like licorice. I even hate the smell of it. In fact, I can say that I detest licorice. I think it's disgusting. I hate it in my tea. I hate it in uh, flavors. I hate licorice whips. I hate the smell of it. I hate licorice. And it makes me nauseated when I smell it. And thus, I don't have it in my house. <laughs> I have literally no licorice at all in my house because I hate it so much. And I can taste it. Like the second, if I get a tea that has like licorice in it, I can taste it immediately. I'm just like, oh, I got to throw the entire stuff out now. I got to throw the entire box of tea bags out because it has licorice in it. And I didn't notice that it had licorice in it. I don't have licorice in my house because I utterly detest it. And this was what the Israelites are supposed to do because they utterly detest everything about these little G gods that the Canaanites worshipped. They're supposed to remove every bit of it from their homes. Remove it completely. Don't even have a small amount of it in your house. Because if you detest it, you're not going to want that small amount of it in your house. And I mean, so far, these past couple chapters, I think are just, uh, pretty serious about the Israelites not having any gods whatsoever, not making any of them, not uh, appreciating any of them, and certainly not having any of them in their house in any form whatsoever. And it should be the same for you and I nowadays. Like we should not be entertaining any kind of uh, thing that brings us away from God. We should detest those things. And when God brings those to our attention, we should definitely be taking measures to remove those, those things that have taken his place in our hearts. We got to remove those things far away. We're supposed to detest 
those things. So that's my call to action for you guys today is just ask God to help you bring to mind something, anything that you might be putting above God and just remove that thing from your life. For example, one thing that I realized that I was putting above God was my sleep. I would rather sleep in the morning than wake up to do my devotionals. And then I I told God, I'm like, ah, I don't want to wake up to do them, so I'll do them at night. Well, that never ends up happening. because I'm always busy with something else throughout the day and then I go to bed without reading my Bible at all. And so I I realized that my sleep in the morning is more important to me than my time with God. God brought that to my attention actually recently. And so even though sleep isn't a bad thing and I shouldn't ever not sleep now because, you know, I put that above God, I don't think that's necessarily what that means, detesting sleep, but I should definitely detest the fact that I was putting my morning sleep above my time with God and start taking measures for me to remove that and begin waking up earlier so that I can have that time with God that I promised to have with him. But guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I do hope that you check out all the links in the bio of this podcast episode. Go over to the YouTube channel because I just uploaded a brand new video about Calvinism versus Arminianism and why I am neither. (laughs) I am neither a Calvinist nor am I an Arminianist. And I explain why in that video. So if you're interested in that, check out the link in the bio of this podcast episode so you can navigate over there and also subscribe while you're over there. Faithful listeners, I really hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I will see you bright and early Monday morning for another episode out of Deuteronomy, this time out of chapter eight. Happy listening and God bless.